Thank God for our service people. Thank God that today we are commemorating, we are remembering Memorial Day for those who gave up the ultimate sacrifice so that we could even be freely worshiping this morning. If you have served in the military or are serving in the military, would you please stand? We'd like to acknowledge you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. You may be seated. Let's pray over those who have lost loved ones. And you, you could see that when people come back from service, that, what is it, 22 suicides a day? Charlie mentioned the ministry he's involved with that ministers to that 22. Let's pray. Father, I just pray over those who have been affected by a death in their family through serving in, in wartime or we just can't even fathom some of us that have not had that loss what that was like. But God does. Father, you're called the God of all comfort and you comfort us in times of need. So I ask you for a divine comforting during this weekend, holiday, and Father, we just ask you to move in a special way in all of their lives by the presence of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for it. And all those serving, all those who have served, Father, thank you for blessing them especially and gracing them especially. And those 22 that are having a hard time readjusting back from wartime where they have seen things, they're having a difficult time unseeing. Father, only you through the power of the Holy Spirit and good natural counseling and different things like this, treating that PTSD. And Father, we just ask you to help them through. In Jesus' name, we thank you for lifting them up as we commemorate this special day. In Jesus' name, we all agree by saying amen. Amen. Well, God is good. Good morning. Yeah. Good morning. Come on now. Good morning. It's good to see everybody this morning. And I trust you're already in, you've enjoyed this service up until now. And I have just a, a quick message on my heart that I want to sort of add to our natural protection. And we're going to talk about God is our keeper and God is our protector. Well, I tell you what, what a great, great thing to know. Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 through 5. It says, but understand this, that the last days are dangerous times. Times of great stress and trouble will come difficult days. That would be hard to bear. For people will be lovers of self. People will be narcissistic, self-focused, lovers of money, impelled with grief, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, profane, and they will be unloving, devoid of natural human affection. They'll be calloused 
and inhumane, irreconcilable, malicious gossips, devoid of self-control, intemperate, immoral, brutal, haters of good, traitors, reckless, conceited, lovers of sensual pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding a form of outward godliness or religion, although they have denied its power, for their conduct nullifies their claim of faith. Every tree is known by its fruit. Someone is eating off your tree, making a decision of what kind of person you are on a daily basis. When we are people that are endeavoring to be Christ-like, we're going to be sowing good seeds into other people's lives. But the Word says, (laughs) that's quite a sobering scripture there. And the Word talks about these types of people, you need to avoid such people and keep far away from them. You can't just hang out with anybody that you want to. I mean, you can, but it wouldn't be good for you. You need to find your own company. You need to get into that that next step class. You need to get into a small group. You need to get into Brave and uh, uh, the ladies for Authentic. You need to get into a service group so that you can all of a sudden come alongside with someone else who's going in the same direction you are, and they encourage you along. I thank God for video. I thank God for virtual church, and there's a need for it. But if you can come, come on into the uh, assembly. Assembly is required, the Word says. Don't forsake the assembling, as some have gotten in the habit of doing. But Don't forsake it, but come and encourage each other till you see the day approaching. It's so important that we have a good local church that we can come to. I tell you what, I like the church I go to. Matter of fact, it's so good, I come to two services every Sunday. This week, I was reading some headlines, and we're really painting a picture of the dangerous times we live in. But at least nine were killed in San Jose shooting. The gunman picked which co-workers he would kill, witnesses say. The NYPD makes arrest, recommends hate crime charges against two anti-Semitic incidents in Brooklyn. In Virginia, an elementary school teacher was placed on leave. This is what he did to get placed on leave. He refused to affirm that a biological boy can be a girl. On the Southwest Airline, listen to this. There was a woman seen in the video punching out the flight attendant's teeth. Headline. Well, that person was banned from the airline. The altercation occurred Sunday when the unnamed worker approached this particular person and her family about not wearing masks after their flight from Sacramento had landed in San Diego. You know, some of you are comfortable wearing masks here at Harvest. That's just fine. Some of you, you know, given the new orders or or, uh, the the, um, governor has given us the opportunity to come and assemble without limit, and also we don't have to wear masks. But if you want to, feel free to. If online you feel like you're going to stay at home because you feel like you can't wear a mask to harvest, don't do that. You can wear a mask. Don't worry about that at all. Then ex-Penn State president, the ex-Penn State college president, will serve jail time in the Jerry Sandusky child abuse scandal. 
terrible situation there. Went all the way up to the president. Can you imagine leadership over you that would overlook child molestation just because it might get a, a, a bruise on the eye for the college? No. One of the reasons why we, we have check-in systems like we do here at Harvest Church and all the camera systems and all the security is because we're here to naturally do what it takes to protect this campus. You also know that we, we have a, a, a sheriff that um, we have at every service so that they can help us if need be. Isn't that good? I, I mean, I, I like coming to a good, secure environment, but yet we're going to understand that we can do all that we can do, and I believe we need to, but God is our keeper, and God is our protector. Say it with me. God is my keeper. God is my protector. Here's another one. A mother a mother took part in a group attack on a 14-year-old in a class at Southern Guilford High School. How sad. And then finally, uh, the, there's a headline that Atlanta mayoral candidate, the mayor candidate from Atlanta, voted to defund the police. Well, they had their car stolen in broad daylight by kids. And he couldn't do anything about it. There wasn't police around. I think he might be rethinking that. I think we all agree that we're living in dangerous times. But do we have to be in fear? No. God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. You resist fear when it comes at you. When I read that scripture, I'm sure it was giving you faith, but also it was sobering you up, but it's not meant to bring fear in your life because God is our keeper and God is our protector. I thank God for our military. Again, we, we stand and give you applauds. I thank God for our police force, our sheriff, our FBI, the Homeland Security, Army, Navy, Air Force, Marine, all the, all the special forces. Am I leaving anybody out? Let me know if I did because I don't want to leave out. I mean, there's different special forces, I understand. But listen, if we didn't have these agencies, we would probably be speaking another language right now because evil would not have been checked. Tragic, but true. I'm not, the, I'm not the first one in line saying we need to go to war. I think we need to be as diplomatic as possible. But if you leave evil unchecked without the most powerful army and contingency of all those who work together, they could come in and wreak havoc in the United States of America. We need good law enforcement. We need to be protected by people who have authority and are trained, highly trained. 
you know, if we didn't have this type of protection, do you know today we wouldn't even have church because the freedom of religion could have been taken away. Abraham Lincoln said, America will never be destroyed from the outside. Thank God for a good army. When I say army, I mean all of those that protect us. If we falter and lose our freedoms, listen, it will be because we destroyed ourselves. The enemy always tries to destroy things in small little groups, trying to start factions. You know, I don't know, in the history of church, there will always be somebody who will peel off and have their own little prayer group, and all of a sudden the prayer meeting starts getting into gossip, and the prayer meeting starts to gossip, and then all of a sudden uh, they think they know more than leadership, and, and, and they start trying to influence people to get out of a place where they're supposed to be and go to a place where they're not supposed to be. Might as well just call it out. Don't let people influence you out of the place you're supposed to be. Mm-mm. I'm a leader. I, I am a leader. I lead myself first. And if and when, and they have over the years, I remember this one particular person uh, left St. Peter's. He was in ministry, started, started his own work, and it wasn't a good thing. Because that person would call people from the church to try to get them to come to his place. He called me to minister one time. I said, I, hey, listen, first of all, when you left my leader, you left me. And I cannot condone what you're doing to undermine what God is truly doing in ministry. Natural leadership is good. We celebrate that today. But it's not enough. We need to have God on our side, which he is. God on our side. Say it with me. God is my keeper. God is my protector. And how many know that this would be a good time to insert that we have got to pray for all that be in authority? If you don't like what you, first of all, it is so difficult for me to watch the news anymore. It is just so difficult because there's so much bickering. There's so many pundits arguing their cases against this, that, and the other. And I think Dad Hagen said, you know, there's three sides to every argument. There's the wrong side. Help me finish it out. Oh, yeah. There's his side. There's her side. Then there's the right side. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Let's talk about praying for our leaders today in 1 Timothy chapter 2. Verses 2 through 6, it says, first of all then, I urge, in light of everything we've talked about so far, I urge that petitions, specific requests, prayers, intercessions, prayers for others, and thanksgiving be offered on behalf of how many people? All people. I, I pray over my natural family. I call them out, Joe and Misty Coin household. I pray over Harvest Church, spiritual family. We are a family here, you know. This is our company. This is where God has set us. So therefore, your family. I pray over 
Harvest Church every day. I pray over all the ministries that God has my wife and I overseeing on behalf of the Hagans in the southeast region, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, all the district leaders and the alumni, and they are my credentialed ministers. I pray over our leaders that be an authority over us. If a pastor doesn't have a pastor, I wouldn't go and sit under that pastor. If a leader doesn't have a leader, I would not sit under that leader. Everybody needs to be answering to somebody. We've been serving the same pastors for 33 years. Tell the person next to you, boy, they look good for their age. <laughs> what are you laughing about, Frankie? Don't be laughing too much. Um, so, how far did I get along this scripture? Did I stop at two? Yes? You don't know either. All right. For kings, that pray for kings and all that be in, oh yeah, there we go. And we're supposed to pray for all people then for kings and all that are in positions of high authority. Why? So that we may live, so that we may live in peaceful, quiet life and all godliness and dignity. And it's important to have peace because it's a whole lot easier to share the gospel in times of peace than it is times of war. This kind of praying is good and acceptable and pleasing in the sight of God our Savior who wishes all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of and recognition of the divine truth. For there's only one God and only one mediator between God and mankind. What's his name? Jesus is not a way. Jesus is not a truth. Jesus is not a life. Jesus is Come on, help me. He is the way, the one and only way. He is the truth, and he is the life. You can't get to heaven except through him. You might say, but that's not what the world's saying. That's why we pray for the world, because there's only one way to heaven, and one little letter can send you to split hell wide open. There's a heaven to gain. There is a hell to shun. Heaven's greater than you can fathom. Hell is worth, worse than you can imagine. Hell was never created for you. Hell was created for those in, in heaven that rebelled against God, the angels that rebelled against God. A third of the angels, there was a church split in heaven. So therefore, the angels, uh, a third of them, hell was made for, for those angels that had fallen. Hell's not for you because Jesus gives you a way to get to heaven. So never think... That God's a mean God and he sends people to hell. God has never sent anybody to hell, ever. He has always tried to get you to believe in Jesus. He's always tried to get you that uh, we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. He's always tried to let us know that. And the wages of that sin is death. And he's trying to get, always tries to get us to know that he that knew no sin, Jesus, was made to be sin for us so we could be reconciled back into right standing with God through Christ Jesus. He's always tried to influence people, and really the only sin that keeps you out of heaven is rejecting Jesus when the Holy Spirit's drawing you. How many are glad all the rest of your sins have been canceled by the blood of Jesus, been forgiven as far as the east is from the west, as far as he's removed our transgressions from us? 
God wishes that all people be saved and come to the knowledge and recognition of the divine truth. For there is only one God and only one mediator between God and mankind. Again, what's his name? Jesus. He gave himself for us as a ransom, as a substitutionary sacrifice to atone for us. See, I, I had a death penalty in my life. I deserved to die because of my sin. But Jesus lived innocent so he could take all of my guilt and pay its penalty, which was death. But that's not the rest of the story. Once he bore my sin, once he bore my sickness, once he bore my spiritual death, once he, once he bore my fallen nature, on the third day God raised them from the dead. And now Jesus is alive. And everything he did, he did for me. When he died, it was as if I died because he died for me. When God laid our sin on him, it was as if he laid sin on us because Jesus is our sacrifice and substitute. Say it with me. God is my protector. God is my keeper. Now, Psalm 127 says, except the Lord builds the house, we labor in vain. That's why... Um, that's why ministries are unique and they're following God's assignment. But if a, min if a ministry just copies another ministry just to copy them, you could be building in vain because God has a plan for this house. And except the Lord keeps the city, the watchman wakes but in vain. I thank God for the sheriff that we have here today. I thank God for our security systems. I thank God for all the different infrastructure we have to keep us protected, but I thank God that God is my provider. I thank God God is my keeper. The common English Bible says, unless it is the Lord who builds the house, the builder's work is pointless, and unless the Lord who protects the city, the guard on duty, pointless. These are the types of scriptures that we pray over your life daily. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray over all those in my domain that I mentioned earlier. God, I thank you the angels of God and camp around about them because we fear you, God. Father, if we've erred in any way and put a breach in that hedge of protection or that fence, forgive us. Forgive them. They didn't know what they did. Forgive them, God. As God deals with your conscience, get, get it right. Sometimes bad things happen to good people because someone won't get right what they've done before God. And it puts a breach in the hedge. You know, snakes were there all the time, but God. All the different plagues that came on Egypt, they were there, but then the hedge was lifted. But I'm so thankful that the children of Israel lived in a place called Goshen. How do you say it? Goshen, Goshen. And there was a hedge of protection around them. Not one plague touched them because God is our keeper and God is our protector. There was um, a missionary, Lori Anderson, uh, who, who went to, this is the article said, 
This Lori Anderson, the missionary to the head-shrinking Kandoshi Chapra Indian of Peru. I'm not sure how many volunteers I would get if I said, hey, guys, we're going on a missions trip. We're going to that place where they shrink heads. In Peru, Indians. All right. Anyway, she was there. She, she knew she was supposed to be. And she was looking for a quiet place for her daily time of Bible reading and prayer. So she went down to the edge of the river. And after reading the Bible, she took up her prayer list. Her eyes were closed. And she did not even see a deadly anaconda weaving through the water her way and struck, bearing its fangs into her flesh. You should, have sold, you should have seen me the other day. I was weeding my natural areas. And uh, our, someone that's helped us before said, you know, pay attention because there's sometimes some copperheads. <laughs> and I was thinking about those copperheads, and it, I, I felt like I was, I, was, I was jumping and pulling. I was like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Any, any, anything about any snakes that's good means they're dead. You know? Oh, just keep them. They're taking care of things. And if I can see it, I'm going to kill it. Well, anyway, uh, this particular lady wasn't aware of this anaconda. Bit this lady. It withdrew the strike. And then it struck again, hitting her arm again and again and again as it held her, and she was screaming in its coils. It reared up for the final death blow toward this lady. Then suddenly, the giant snake, never known to release its prey, relaxed its grip and slithered off through the water. While Lori began to get treatment, a witch doctor from a nearby village burst into her hut and stared at her. She couldn't believe Lori had survived. She said her son-in-law, also witch doctor, had chanted to the spirit of Anaconda that morning and sent it to kill her because she was a missionary. But God, I said, but God. She said, I'm certain, Lori said, that except for the protection of God, that plan would have worked. Say with me, God is my keeper, and God is my protector. I'm going to skip all the way down to Psalm 91 because I want to let you know that there are conditions to walking in divine protection. You don't just leave it up to God if he wants to or if he doesn't want to. No. Psalm 91. Let's look on it. Ready? Why don't you read it with me? Uh, better not. because I'm going to do this in the Amplified. Okay. You can do it now. Ready? Read. He who dwells. What's that word? Dwells. Does, does that mean? Dwelling means... You're going to serve God in the good times and the bad times. You're not just going to wait, you know, until something bad happens and use God as a fire escape. No, but it, 
I'm talking about people, people that dwell. In other words, they seek God first. God is not a second thought. God is involved in our life every single day. God's involved, I mean, his word is involved in our life every single day. We're talking to God in relationship because he's a person. He who dwells, what, in the secret place of the Most High shall remain stable and fixed under the shadow of the Almighty. Look, this is protecting us. Whose power no foe can withstand. And here's, a, here's an action item for all of us. Verse 2, read it. I will say. Are you agreeing with the TV that's got you on edge and in fear and saying what the world says? I'm not denying stuff's happening out there. I'm just denying it happening in my life and in my domain. Read it again. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God. On him I lean and rely, and in him I confidently trust. Why? For then he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. Then he will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings shall you trust and find refuge. His truth and his faithfulness are a shield and a buckler. You don't have to read anymore because I know you're trying to read and you're thinking at the same time. You're like, where is he going? Where is he? Okay. Verse 5 says, You shall not be afraid of the terror of the night, because God's our provider, God's our protector, God's our keeper, nor of the arrow, the evil plots and slanders of the the wicked that flies by day. You You shall not be afraid of the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor of the destruction and sudden death that surprise and lay at waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only a spectator you will be, yourself inaccessible in this secret place of the Most High, as you witness the reward of the wicked. And because, by the way, do you know something? None of us should be here right now because God has spared our life more times than we will even ever know. We didn't even know about it, and we shouldn't be here. I distinctly can remember a few times that I should not be here but God, but his hand. Come on, somebody say, thank God you're my keeper. Thank God you're my provider. Thank you for protecting and providing and and, uh, keeping my family uh, and all those who I'm responsible for. Thank you, God. Only a spectator shall you be, inaccessible in the secret place of the Most High, as you witness the reward of the wicked. And because you've made the Lord your refuge, the Most High your dwelling place, there shall no evil befall you, nor any plague or calamity come near your tent. That's a good one for coronavirus. No plague or calamity shall come near your tent. For you, for you, he will give his angels a special charge over you, accompanying you, defending you, preserving you in all your ways of what? Obedience and service. You can't be disobedient and claim the protection of God. You can't be going right when God said, go left and proclaim the protection of God. Because his protection is in his plan. His provision is in his plan. 
You might say, you're upsetting me. I don't know if I'm in the will of God or not. Well, that'd be a good time to find out. You probably are, maybe you're not. But you know, is what you're doing in line with the Word of God and is what, is what you're doing in line with what God wants for your life as He leads you and He guides you and He directs you? They shall bear you up in their hands lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the otter, the young lion and the serpent shall you trample underfoot because you've set your love upon me, he said. Therefore, I will deliver you. That's another action item. Man, my love is on God every single day. Therefore, will I deliver him? I will set him on high because he's known and understand my name. He's a personal knowledge of my mercy, love, and kindness. Trusts and relies on me, knowing I will never forsake him. No, never. And he shall call upon me, and I'm going to answer him. And I will be with him in trouble. And I will deliver him and honor him. And look at this. With long life. Will I satisfy him and show him my salvation? Let's pray. Father, thank you for this service today. Thank you for what you've done in my life. Thank you for what you've done in all of our lives. Thank you for emphasizing that we appreciate the natural authorities and all those who protect us. But God, we also are going to focus on you. We're going to dwell in you. We're going to say you're our protector. We're going to be obedient. And Father, forgive us if we've erred in any way. Forgive us if we have overlooked or uh, discarded your direction for our life. God, have mercy on all of us. And Father, I thank you for leading and guiding us in your plan, purposes, and pursuits. Nevertheless, God, not our will be done, but your will be done. So we just praise you and we honor you. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Our final prayer for the day will be dismissed. If you're here today and you say, uh, Pastor Cohen, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I were to die today, I'd go to heaven. Um, well, I'm going to ask you to make a really important, most important decision you'll ever make in your life. And it's a very easy request. But I'm going to pray a prayer, you're going to stay right where you are. Those who would like to receive the Lord as their personal Savior. God loved us so much that he died for us because he was innocent. Jesus paid the price and the passion of the cross. He was buried and on the third day God raised him from the dead. Jesus is alive. Jesus is the Savior of the world. But have you made him yours? If you're here today, say, Pastor Coyne, would you include me in this prayer? No one's looking but just me. If you'll get my attention, I'll be happy to include you in this prayer. Just raise up your hand right now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let's pray together. Mean it with our heart now. But pray. Say, Father... I believe Jesus is your son. He died on the cross for my sin. I believe with all my heart that you raised Jesus from the dead. Jesus, I believe you're alive. Thank you for what you've done for me. But I'm here to receive what you've done for me. Right now, I ask you, 
come into my heart. I receive you as my Savior. I confess you as my Lord. Oh, thank you for saving me. And you said in your word that it's your spirit that bears witness with us that we're children of God. So, Father, fill us with the Holy Spirit. Lead us and guide us and direct us. I renounce my past. I'm moving forward. And I thank you for a new thing you're doing in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.